This is Three Valleys Radio. It's Friday night and it's time for the racing show. We've got all our usual guests on the show tonight. And we have a chat with top trainer Clive Cox. Brown and Dave Wilson will be here with all their tips as well. So sit down with a nice cup of tea or a drink and let's mark your card for Saturday. Good evening and welcome to The Racing Show here on Three Valleys Radio. And we're going to start, as we always do, because we're very predictable on this show, with all the racing news with Mike Patton. Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of The Racing News, with all the news that is the news from the racing media, which does include Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. And here's our first story. We Are the Champions was a fitting soundtrack as the peloton of the second Costa Carrar cycle ride arrived at the Carrar nearly nine hours after their journey began on the beach at Laytown. At Irish Racing's HQ, Frances Crowley, wife of the event's inspiration Pat Smullen, AP McCoy, Kevin Manning and Barry Geraghty held the rope for the finishing brigade. The 350 cyclists who took part were all champions, recalling a man so poignantly remembered as one. There may have been seven races to be won on the card, but this day at the Carrar it was about more than just racing, as more than 170 people attended the charity lunch and auction in aid of Cancer Trials Ireland. Crowley delivered a powerful speech about her husband Pat and what the charity meant one that organiser Gavin Lynch, who also lost his mother Olive to pancreatic cancer, found hard to follow. He said, It was my turn then, but I just couldn't speak. I became very emotional. It just means the world. When it comes to summing up the legacy Smullen left behind and what this day means, trust McCoy to nail it. We all know what a brilliant jockey he was, but he was a terrific person as well. He was a bit like all of us, a bit little grumpy. He had his moments, but he was just a fantastic person. Look at all he has done and the legacy he's left behind. Not just in racing, but in life as well. The efforts he went through to raise awareness for Cancer Trials Ireland. The day I won his charity race here was probably one of the most emotional days I have ever had in racing. It'll be hard to top. More than €26,000 had been raised for the cause before the day got underway, and the charity auction in the Oaks restaurant raised €66,000 more. Signed and framed Honeysuckle Silks topped the bill, fetching €16,000, while Smullen's 2019 Champions Race memorabilia, as well as a round of golf at the K-Club with McCoy and Ruby Walsh, were also auctioned off. Seven racecourses and two stud farms were included along the 155-kilometre ride, which began at 8am. Patrick Mullins jumped in at the NAS and left at Punchestown. Paul Carberry was also spotted, and Robbie Power made a brief return to the saddle for an hour or two. McCoy and Geraghty completed the earliest sections of the ride from Laytown to Ferry House, where the former jockeys led in the group before dismounting. Garrity said, I was crippled after last year, so I only did a small bit this time. It's just brilliant. God bless Pat's legacy. It's not even about the money raised, but the hope he gives people. It's so hard to deal with, but this has been so well supported. It's a great reflection on the racing community. The Carrar has stepped in generously to rename its last Saturday fixture in August in honour of Smullen and Cancer Trials Ireland. It is now a permanent fixture in the Irish racing calendar. Lynch said, Everything just went really well. 
to sell out the lunch, to have 350 cycling. It's just amazing, considering it's only its second year. I'm so grateful for everyone who gave their time for this. Pat and Olive would be proud, absolutely no doubt about that. And next, here on the Racing News. Joseph O'Brien had a couple of disappointments earlier in the afternoon, but it is impossible to keep him down for too long as he showed by saddling the first two home in one of the most competitive handicaps of the season. It probably should not be underestimated what a training performance it was to win this race with a 28-1 shot federal. An injury-plagued four-year-old having his, just his fourth start after periods on the sidelines of nine months and 14 months. Mikey Sheehy got a lovely run-through on the son of Zoffany as he prevailed by a neck from stable companion Good Heavens under Dylan Brown McConical. O'Brien, whose second beat the winner in a court conditions race in July, said, Federal had been off the track for a long time before running well last time. He was a talented two-year-old, but he had a bit of trouble with his feet, which is why he was off for so long. He was due to go to Australia, but he couldn't fly because of that. His owner, Lloyd Williams' patience has been rewarded and a lot of people put in an awful lot of work. I ran him on testing ground here last year and I shouldn't have, and then he came back at Cork and ran a good race against good heavens, so we gave him a shot here. He looks a stakes horse in the making. Of the runner-up, O'Brien added, Good heavens, got a few pounds for beating Federal last time. He was just beaten over a mile three earlier in the season and he will probably come back here for the mile two Premier Handicap in two weeks. Ado McGuinness was again mob-handed and third and fourth home Star Harbour and Pierre Lapin did best of his six runners. The trainer's thoughts are already pointed two weeks in the future and he said, roll on Champions Weekend and hopefully we can get them all in again. Star Harbour ran well, but Pierre Lapin has one of those races in him, but you scratch your head and wonder whether you'll step him up or drop him back in trip. We stepped him up at Dundalk and he didn't see it out, so we might drop him back to seven furlongs. And next, here on the Racing News. Trainer Jimmy Moffat and Charlotte Jones cemented their impressive partnership at Cartmel when Grand Souffle landed the two-mile, one-furlong maiden hurdle. Jones has 48 career victories, all of them coming when she has teamed up with Moffat. She recorded her bass tally of 16 last year and remains on course to surpass that after landing her 11th winner of the campaign. She said, Last year was my best, but I'm hoping I can top that by gaining more experience and picking up rides during the winter. I can't be more thankful to Jimmy and the owners because they've kept using me throughout the summer and it has been a massive boost for my career. Jones, who has had 25 winners at Cartmel, believes Moffat's string of horses enjoy the short trip to the Cumbria track. She said, How can they not enjoy it? The horses only have to travel five minutes home and the sun always shines, so that helps. Grand Souffle ran really well, and he's a game little horse who stays well. He's not the quickest, but I wanted to ride him more aggressively today, and that's what I did. The plan paid off. And next, here on the Racing News. A race lacking in quality was redeemed by the quality of its winner. The March stakes may have attracted only four runners, but it still posed a new challenge for the winner, Hu Yamal, who set a clear standard on ratings, but still had a point to prove over a new trip. However, that proved no impediment. The three-year-old was eased into contention behind the Queen's perfect alibi by William Buick, and after the briefest of tussles, he stretched clear to record his first group success by two and a half lengths. The Derby runner-up, who was third here on his first start for trainer George Bowie last time, will be aimed at the Kazoo St Ledger, and, as far as dress rehearsals go, it could hardly have been smoother, with the only moment of alarm coming shortly after the line. There was concern whom Yamal may have been lame, as he had to be walked into the winner's enclosure, but fortunately he didn't suffer an injury and had just lost a shoe while Buick was pulling him up. When asked about the incident, Bowie said, He's overreached when passing the line and it's pretty tacky ground, but luckily he's fine. He lost a shoe and a second one is hanging on. The trainer added, 
It was a test stepping up to a mile and six furlongs on ground slower than he's been used to as a three-year-old. I slightly worried he might take a keen hold, but he was in good hands with William and it was the perfect trial for the St. Ledger. Stepping up and trip slightly defies his pedigree. William said he doesn't feel like he'll stay, but he does. He had the class edge and was expected to win. I just wanted to see him relax and hit the line. Hu Yamal was bought by an Australian syndicate led by Sir Owen Glenn for £1.2 million in June, and his future lies in warmer climes when he joins the powerful training tandem of Adrian Bott and Guy Walterhouse for the latter half of the Melbourne Spring Carnival. But before heading to Australia for a tilt at the lucrative Melbourne Cup, he will line up in next month's St Ledger at Doncaster. He was unchanged at 8-1 to for the Classic with Paddy Power and was introduced at 16-1 to for the Melbourne Cup. Bowie said the main reason for him staying in England for a few months longer was to get some experience rather than going straight to the Melbourne Cup. The race is coming together rather than falling apart, but I'm looking forward to sending him there. They'll have a really fun horse. There was to be no fairy tale for the 125 to 1 shot Pink Fire Lily. Rated only 64, it was always a tall order for the filly, who cost a mere 1,000 euros, but she was not disgraced when finishing nine lengths behind Annie Marto in fourth. And our final quick story here on the Racing News. The consistent hereditary rule took advantage of a drop in trip to score gamely in the two-mile five-furlong novice chase for island-based trainer John McConnell. The seven-year-old gelding was last seen when finishing second to Imperial Sachins at Utoxita last month, but returned to winning ways when pulling eight and a half lengths clear of Jelski for a third win from eight starts this season. This has been the Racing News, with all the news that is the news from the racing media, which includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden, and please do join us again next time. Well, that was Mike Padden, with all the racing news from the racing media. And now, very predictably again, let's find out where we can go racing this week. Right, there are seven races on the flat at Haydock Park, with a 1.15 start. Seven races on the flat on the all-weather at Kempton Park with a 1.30 start. Seven races on the flat at Thursk with a 1.41 start. Seven races over the jumps at Stratford, 1.49 start. Seven races on the flat at Ascot with a 2 o'clock start. And seven races on the flat at Wolverhampton again on the all-weather with a 4.40 start. And Sunday... There are seven races over the jumps at Fultwell with a 1.30 start. Seven races on the flat at York, 1.45 start. And there's uh, one race over at Longshaw with a 2.48 start. Earlier in the week I had the opportunity to talk to leading trainer up at Lambourne, Clive Cox. So far this year, so things are moving along well, thank you. Good, good, good. Um, Well... Let's start from the beginning. I normally try and, and, and get to the to the um, the first day with your horses, as it were. Well, I mean, you know, going back before you were, you, 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 how did you get involved with horses in the first place? Before you were well, a jockey, I, I very, mean, you know, when did when did you when did you start? Um, I was very lucky that um, I was brought up uh, in a farming family, and um, I was we were we were brought up with horses and ponies right from the beginning really yeah and um my grandfather was very keen on racing and um we had point to pointers and only one or two or or and, and ponies right from the beginning my father especially was very keen on introducing us to riding um uh ponies and although he was milking cows um he was getting up early in the mornings on weekends and as soon as we i think from two years old we were we were going off to shows and just grew up with it really yeah. and um it became second nature and um you know we worked hard but but we had the ponies and that was a great uh encouragement for competition and um but but also the the livestock introduction was what i value hugely now and and um uh my father especially is a great stockman and my grandfather um added a an equine slant to that as well. So I was I was very fortunate to, to be brought up in the family I was. 
And uh, so, what sort of age were you when you first started riding a, a pony? Uh, well, listen, I've just sat on the leading rein to begin with, right from two years of age. But mm -hmm. um, as, as things progressed, we we never um, listen. It was it was a, a very hard working family. We weren't. Um, Dad worked hard to buy cheap ponies for us. And, and generally, we would a lot of them came from Exeter Market and places like that, and um, we'd get them going well enough for a couple of years. And as soon as they started looking like um, they were they were going to be a bit better than we started out, then we'd we'd swap them in for another one. And and it was very much um, yeah, it was a very thrifty kind of. Even though we had the horses, we worked really hard with everything else to afford that. And um, that was that was always made you respectful for, for what you were allowed to do really you know yeah and, and, and was that there a time when you i mean did you did you have pony racing in your in your youth no not really pony racing wasn't that's only been a recent introduction and and very helpful too um we would go around the gymkhanas and um you know uh you you'd just you'd do what your horse was good at really so there was showing working hunter um, and occasionally I can remember we went to stay on holiday with, with, um, some relations down on the edge of Dartmoor and, and, uh, they had a really good pony, our relations and, and, um, I managed to win a points cup at the local Jim Carno on that. So the competitive spirit was more, um, ingrained at that stage. And, and, um, I found that's followed over into what we do now. It, it really was a huge help and a great foundation. And what sort of age would that have been in Clive? All the way through um, up until I left school at 16, really. Yeah. Um, but you, as, as we got into our teens, you were very much in tune with trying to make a horse to, to make a few bob to go and do it again. Yeah. And um, that was it. It was, it was, you know, we'd be buying them for a couple of hundred pounds and hopefully selling them for um, as much as possible when, when the time came and, and um, you know, to, to good homes and you'd, you'd get a baseline on their education and, and then it was time to go and do it all over again which uh, we had some great ponies though and, and very fond memories of uh, growing up and building good good relationships with that bond with the horses and yeah. um, it was it was very important and um, you went on then to become a national hunt jockey um, with over a hundred winners it says here on your website so uh, I'm not going to argue with that um, at well, what point did you get into the to the national hunt racing? Well, I started off when I when I I was never that big, and I was lucky enough. I was very light, even at sixteen. I was um, just over seven stone or around seven stone. So um, my grandfather had, um, in his earlier days, he'd he'd been um, a, a butcher friend of his, and himself owned a couple of horses in training and there was an introduction there to a very good trainer not far from where we live now over at um, Compton in between Newbury and Oxford um, Peter Cundell who was who I was well that was my first job I went into racing when I left school mm -hmm. um, and um, Ken Cundell Peter's father had previously trained a couple of horses for my grandfather many many years ago um, but I was light enough at the time um, the minimum weight was seven stone seven and uh, I was fortunate enough to be able, as an apprentice, to claim seven pounds um, allowance, which all apprentices have when they've not ridden any winners. Yeah. But that meant doing a doing a really light weight of seven stone. And I was my first winner was on a horse called Swift Palm at Doncaster uh, on the fifth of November in 1981. Um, and gradually, after a few, I think I had about 70 or 80 rides on the flat. Only a couple of winners on the flat, but but a good few placed horses, um, and um, the pound started to go on, and and you know as as I grew, then it made sense that I moved into the national hunt game, mm. and um, that that um, brought me a little bit closer to home. I moved from Peter Cundall's back down to Somerset to a trainer called Stuart Patamore. Somerton was, was that? Somerton. Yeah, I know. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. And he used to own the uh, Red Lion Hotel in Somerton, as memory serves to me, I think. He certainly did. Yeah, yeah. no, he was a, a larger-than-life character. I think he was more of a, an antiques dealer, but he had some very, um, very respectable horses. He bought a good quality horse, and yeah. um, 
uh, he had some some very good horses in the West Country. And um, my first ride over hurdles for him was on a horse called Akram down at um, Devon and Exeter, yeah. and uh, and it won, which was great. And um, had a few winners for him. I rode a double for him at um, uh, Wynn Canton one day on on a, uh, a horse over hurdles, and then my first ride over fences at Wynn Canton was also a winner. So that was good. Yeah. Um, and um, from from making those early steps, I was able to move back up to Berkshire to Lambourne, and um, I nearly went to work for Fred Winter, John Frankham, um, who I'd met when I was at Peter Cundall's, very kindly um, said that's what I ought to be doing. And um, at the time, Fred Winter had a few conditional jockeys, and uh, I was redirected to Oliver Sherwood, who was Fred's assistant, but was just going out on his own. And um, I, I went to work for Oliver, and I think I was there for eight years. But um, from joining him to begin with, um, we, we had a healthy um, beginning. And, and um, I rode a horse called Sacred Path, who was my first ride for Oliver. And he won um, on that first ride, which was great. Um, and as time went on, he was a horse that his brother Simon, who was his first jockey, got on especially well with and uh he he um uh simon moved from being an amateur to a professional and jocked me off to ride the horse and things didn't go well for simon so i got the leg up back on him and we we built up a bit of a rapport and i think we won seven or eight races he'd, he'd won seven races before um he ended up being a, a the favorite for the grand national in 1988 and um, I was lucky enough to be on board for that, for that ride. Well, that was leading flat trainer Clive Cox talking to me earlier in the week. Now it's time to catch up with uh, our friendly local jockey, Nick Schofield. Well, afternoon, Nick. Um, just a couple of days ago, another winner. That's all set the week off well. Yeah, afternoon, everybody. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, don't go to Cartmel very often, so um, it was nice to make it worthwhile when we did go. Yeah, and, and easy winner or, or was it hard work? It was a little bit hard work, but um, the horse has been good to me. I've now won four on him. So, um, and when you win a race at Cartmel, you win sticky toffee pudding. So, um, oh, right. there's a long way to go just to get a pudding, but um, at least we had a winner as well. Yeah, absolutely, that's right. And uh, a couple of days off now, by the look of it. What, what's, what's Saturday looking like? You've got some runners on Saturday, yeah? Yeah, I got, I got a nice horse. Um, Harley himself, uh, Sid Hosey, who's a Dorset trainer. Um, it's got fairly good form in the book. Um, his first run for a while in the novice hurdle should run okay. Um, and then we drive three or four on Sunday down at Fontwell. So yeah, um, yeah, I think Newton Abbott Monday and you talked to Wednesday. So it looks so, like um, a, and then it, a bit of an intense sort of period coming up then. Yeah, and then there's a little break in September. So um, um, yeah, we have a few days off after that, but. It's um we're starting to all the horses are back in and working hard so um you know we could just do some rain and then hopefully we can start yeah. getting back to work fully. Yeah, well I see the weather forecast is looking as though there could be some rain coming over the weekend. I think so. But of the yeah, horses you've got at uh, Fontwell and Newton Abbott, any of those looking like likely winners? Do you think? Um, probably not. Um, but we'll try our best. Um, but we'll, yeah. Um, the racing isn't too competitive at the moment because there's quite small fields because of the, the dry weather. So um, yeah. you have a chance when even. Um, so um, we'll give it a go. Do you find as I mean I know I don't suppose it's quite an issue with you jockeys as, as to trainers and owners, but this question of prize money, I find it very hard to understand that people are moaning about the fact of the lack of the prize money, and yet there was a couple of races over the weekend. I think it was at it was either Newmarket or Goodwood. And fifty, sixty, seventy thousand pound, you know, prize fund, and yet there was only four runners. Do you, do you find that hard to understand? Yeah, it's a bit like a pyramid. To get to that level, to earn that sort of prize money, you need to have a fairly good level of animal. And if your lower level animal is not winning that much prize money, you can't afford the higher level animal. So it's a bit of a pyramid. The reason it thins out yeah. in the higher races is because. You know, basically, it comes down to money, and 
it costs a lot to have these horses in training and when you're winning it back it seems very difficult to reinvest it to get the better horses and um so um that's probably why the bigger you know the the shakes and the um the foreign owners seem to um always have runners in those races because yeah. they're they probably are able to do it but if the prize money went up or the whole way through it would help everyone enormously and it would just help this i'm sure it would help people reinvest and um which would mean more horses and more runners yeah but do you think though that um you know i mean if there's only four runners then i mean all right so if you come fourth and it's you know there must be a fairly good prize money for coming fourth so you know, if, even if you haven't got a chance of winning, you think that maybe think, well, you know, we'll we'll, we'll run along, trot in at fourth and pick up the prize money for that. Yeah, just it, it's it's not quite as easy on that as unfortunately because um, you need a certain level um, to qualify for the race. Ah. Um, you need to be a certain age or sex in certain races, and you have to be above a certain rating in another aspect. So. Um, and not everyone's got those sort of ratings. If yeah, any horse could run yeah. in there, I'm sure it would be as easy as that. But the the way the races are, um, are put on, it's not quite as easy as that. Well, you know what us radio people are like. We're not into the ins and outs of... Uh... <laughs> no, but it would be if it was logical, if it was that easy. But yeah, there's yeah. all these stipulations and different things, which is probably a good thing, but probably yeah. doesn't help field sizes. This uh, lack of rain, though, it, it must be causing a bit of a problem. I mean, you know, limiting the number of horses that are available to ride anyway, isn't it? Yeah, it's, um, it's certainly been drier this summer than last summer, but um, some horses like it. The tracks are doing a brilliant job keeping the, the ground as safe as they, as they can. Yeah. And um, But, yeah, I think it's, um, I'm sure it'll level itself out, and um, I think the winter tracks are crying out for it. Well, look, good weekend for you, mate, and let's uh, let's hope we get another couple of winners and, you know, just keep you going. Yeah, so. Okay. Thank you very much, AD. That's good all right. To and you, mate, thanks for coming on every week, and, uh, you know, we do appreciate your content, so uh, keep it coming. And uh, Thank have, you. Have a good weekend. Speak to you soon, yeah? Thanks. Well, that was local jockey Nick Schofield, and now it's time to catch up with Rod Melman down in Colompton. Well, afternoon, Rod. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you're on the way back from Salisbury now. Um, a good day for you there, uh, and also one at Windsor, you say? Yes, no, a really good day today. We we had a won the first race, an apprentice race, with uh, one of our lads in the yard, Ollie, Ollie Searle. He wrote the winner there. And then we had Tagline finished third in the Group 3 Dick Pool Stakes, which is a really good race. He's yeah. run a cracker. And then we won the big race at um, Racing League race at Windsor. So, um, no, good, good, good day all in all. I'll take the wife out for a meal later on, then, eh? <laughs> well, that's when I get back. Yes, maybe so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Rod, I was going to ask you what I couldn't. But I was looking at the, the past results. What have you? You had a run of seven places on the trot. I mean, how unlucky is that? I know it is just how it goes, isn't it? You know what I mean? But it was good today to get the double today. Um, we'd had our last five runners. The last six runners have been third. Yeah. I know it's crazy, isn't it? Though six yeah. six thirds on the trot. I mean, that, that that is sort of. In the last in the last fortnight, I've only had one horse go to the races and not come back with prize money. Yeah. And I've had twenty about twenty about twenty eight runners. Well, that's pretty good, isn't it? To say the least. That's gone really well. The horses have kept their form really really well this year. Yeah. Um, no, really good. And today to win today, I won with a horse that was disqualified last. Sunday week. That's right, yeah, and, I remember um, you saying about that, so, yeah. So we were able to run today in this race without a penalty and so because we won, if we had the penalty, we wouldn't have run today, so yeah. it hasn't turned out too bad. No, absolutely. But uh, looking at Saturday, you at the moment you've got a couple down for Saturday, Billy Mill and Ignac Lamar. Uh, what chances have That's they right. got? Um, well, Billy Mill runs in the uh, final final of the uh, Jockey Club's series. Yeah. It's £80,000 prize money. Yeah. Um, he's an all-weather specialist. Um, he's had a good season. He's lots of places and wins. And I would, I'd give him an each-way chance. Right. 14 to 1 at the moment, according to the bookies here. So well, he, he's good, good, good value for money bet, I would have said. Yeah. And who's riding him? Uh, Jack Mitchell's riding him. Oh, he's right. a horse I bought from Richard Hannon. Um oh. We've had um, 
just the one win so far with him, but he's had several places and he's um he's a nice horse and we should have a good all weather campaign with him. Yeah, absolutely. And um what about the other one? Um I've lost it now, where is it? Ignacamur. Yeah. He he was an early season two year old that that came out, didn't win but ran okay, then sort of got a bit lost and um we had him gilded and he's come back and he's won his first handicap over six furlongs, ran a good race. And there's only six runners, and I would have said he'd have a, a better than average chance on Saturday. Okay. And then Tuesday, you've got Air Show at uh, Goodwood uh, and Crystal Cask at Kempton. What about those two? Well, Crystal's won today. Yeah. So, she, as, it's, as it's an apprentice race, she won't carry a penalty. Right. Um, it's, a, it's a higher class race, but um, she's in very good form. She's had a very easy race today. So I expect we'll let her take her chance. Yeah. And the air show? Air show, well, he's in a Goodwood. He He's had a fantastic season. He's won four races this year and lots of seconds and thirds. Uh, consequently, he's got no leeway from the handicapper. Yeah. So anybody, if we take on anybody who's well handicapped, we'd be, they'd be dangerous, you know. But he's a, yeah. good, he's a good regular horse, always runs a good race. So, so all things being equal, uh, Rod Milburn's stable is going really well at the moment. Yeah, well, I think that's um, that's thirty-four winners or thirty-five winners, yeah. which is. Well, we had thirty-five last year, but we're well well ahead on prize money. The quality of horse in the yard is is a lot better this year. We've probably got the best best horses we've had all for a long time in the yard, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, keep up the good work, Rod. I mean, it's it's great to be uh, to be talking to a trainer that's been so successful. Well, it's funny how it goes. You know, we we are, we've had a great year this year, and. Uh, just hope it carries on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, did you say you, you've equaled uh, what you had last year in terms of winners? Yes, we have, yes. We've yeah. won more in prize money. So, and you've got, what, another couple of months yet before the season yeah, ends? Three, so, three, you should, should. Three months, yeah. Yeah, so you should beat that quite easily then, which is. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, yes, hopefully. Good news. Okay, then, Rod, well, look, thanks very much for joining us again, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week, all being well. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, enjoy your meal tonight. See you soon. Bye-bye. Well, that was Rod Millman uh, relaxing after two winners uh, on Thursday of this week. And now we're going to catch up with Jamie Snowden. Well, hi, Jamie. Um, nice to have you back on the show. Do you have a nice holiday? Yeah, I had a lovely time, thank Marcus. Yeah, nice to get away with the, um, the family and the children. And Yeah, re really nice time. I'm back in the grind now, though. Um, you're back to it. So um, plenty going on. We've got our owners' day coming up, and um, and and obviously the horses all sort of stepping up their gear as well. So uh, no, it's a it's an exciting time of year. Yeah, absolutely. Now um, you've got a couple of runners on on. Uh, where's my list? It's gone now. Uh, Saturday, I think, or is it Monday? Monday, I think. Newton uh, no, we've got we got one tomorrow actually. Um, yeah, we got uh, one at um, Stratford, and then I got down here two on Monday at Newton Abbot. Is that right? Well, the, the, that was the same horse entered in. Oh, in, so it is. So it is. Yeah. yeah. As well. see, see the clouds. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's all three. I see. Yeah. So, so how's he going to go tomorrow then? Well, I hope we, we entered him in a few races, hoping to to find the right race for him um, yeah. to have the best chance. And 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 we decided the uh, the bumper at Stratford um, is the race. So yeah, fingers crossed he goes there with with, with a chance. And Gavin riding it. Gavin rides. He was placed in a couple of bumpers last season. He was he was second in two and third and one. Yeah. Um, he's had a bit of a break, and the plan was to to get him in earlier to go novice hurdling. But uh, uh, we entered him over hurdles and in a bumper, and thought this looked the the, the most winnable sort of opportunity for him. And and things going to start warming up a bit now, as far as you're concerned. Yeah, starting to at home. Definitely, they're all starting to a bit more, bit more schooling, a bit, bit 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 more work, sort of increasing the intensity of the work, but. Uh, Really, they won't. They won't. Most of them won't sort of get off the track really until until the rain comes in, in yeah. the autumn. So, um, yeah, it's it's been been so dry really. I was going to say, how is that affecting you? Not very well, I suppose. Well, um, we haven't run that many horses through through August, but um, yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty pretty dry and quick everywhere. So, um, hopefully, the rain does come. But when it does come, it'll probably be in sort of torrents and won't stop. I see the debate about uh, prize money and, and too much racing is still dragging on. Have you got any updated thoughts on it? Um, no, I mean, we've all got our own, own thoughts, but unfortunately uh, race, racing's got itself into a situation where 
there's a tripartite agreement and 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 all three sort of parties uh, are coming at it from the, from their own agendas and there's no one real governing body directing racing forward so hmm. um it's our own little little issues facing that um we'll, we'll keep fighting our own battles and one one day one day it might it might all come together it seems ludicrous so there was a two or three races last week i noticed that i think it was goodwood and new car uh, new market uh four runners and, and a prize money of about sixty thousand pound and you sort of think well what are they moaning about for you know if there's only four runners in there they can't be that keen to get in there and take the prize money no, you're right. I, I mean, I suppose a lot of it comes down to the race programming as well. So I, I don't know the, the, the races you, that, that you had in mind there in particular. Obviously, I'm concentrating more on jumping than on the yeah, back. But yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there are certain circumstances in, in jumps racing when, um, as you say, they might be small runner fields and, and, and the prize money is, 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 is quite decent. And you wonder, you wonder why. But uh, yeah. a, a lot of the time, it obviously depends on handicap marks as well. And, and um you know, we all want to be running horses in races we can we can perhaps win, as opposed to just running around for third or fourth and picking up picking up prize money. But yeah. uh, in 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 certain circumstances, that 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 is worth doing. But um, certainly, we're we're all here to win races, as opposed to running around for fourth. Um, moving on to Wednesday next week, uh, Chapman's hype is that likely to run? I think he might well do. Yeah, he's um, he's obviously been a been a winning machine for us. He's I think he's got a career total of nine wins from about from about twenty five runs. So he's he's been a been a legend. He's he's getting towards the end of his sort of racing career. I think we'll end up retiring him at the end of the, this summer season, as it were. So uh, um, he won very nicely the last year, but obviously he's he's gone up in the handicap mark as a uh, handicap as a result. But uh, hopefully he can um, he can sign sign off the end of. Uh, the end of his career with uh, with a, with a flourish through the autumn. Good. Well, I wish you all the luck in the world with that one then. So, um, basically, thank you very much for that. We will uh, contact you next week and uh, hopefully see the clouds wins you another race. That would be very nice. Good. Okay, Jamie. Well, thanks for joining us anyway. And uh, no worries. No thanks, Eddie. Have a good weekend, and we'll speak to you next week. Yeah, I look forward to it. All the best. Take care. Well, that was Jamie Snowden up at Lambourne, and now we're going to catch up with Dave Wilson, who's got a big announcement to make on behalf of Harlequin Racing. Well, good morning, Dave. I gather that big changes are afoot at uh, Harlequin Racing, so tell us more. Yes, mate. We've had uh, a very successful seven and a half, eight years now in the business, and uh, we've always charged membership fees to our members, and we've had a big think about things, and we've changed the system up so we now no longer charge any membership fees to our uh, subscribers or non-subscribers as they are now yeah. and in place of that what we've done we've made it a betting syndicate and each share in the betting syndicate is a 10 pound stake each week and what we do you can have as many shares in each week as you want whatever your uh, betting standards are we don't mind we've got some people on 20, 20 shares a week, some people on one share a week. And what happens then is we place the bets on behalf of the betting syndicate from Sunday through till Saturday. We send an account statement out to each member on a Saturday evening who then tell us what their wishes are for the following week or they can cash out or whatever they want to do. So it's a, a weekly, weekly rolling betting syndicate now. And the only commissions that we take is if we have a winning week, we take a 5% commission off the top line. Now, we think that is very fair considering back in 2001, anyone had a bet before March 2001, you used to have to pay 10% tax on your bets anyway. So uh, we think charging a 5% commission is very fair and uh, very lucrative for the business because, as we say, we're putting our money where our mouth is by not charging membership fees. And if we don't have any winners, people don't pay the 5% commission. So a uh, bit of a risk as a business, but we think we've got the system sorted out and we think we're going to make that profitable and hopefully make every one of the members profit as well. So uh, we're going to give that a try. And uh, following on from doing that, what we're also going to do, we're going to place a lucky 15 bet each week with the four tips that we give to the radio show. And we're going to have a 25p each way lucky 15, staking 750 a week. And every three months or so, we're going to get the money together, what we're in profit. 
or see where we are with it. And uh, we're going to make that donation to the Injured Jockeys Fund. So I think it's uh, a win-win all round for everybody and also takes care of our jockeys if they do have any accidents, especially coming up with the National Hunt season more than the the flat boys. So uh, hopefully that'll uh, appease everybody and keep everyone interested. And uh, we'll give you our lucky 15 each week when we come on to the show. So uh, I think that's a very fair uh, way to do things. Excellent. Well, I hope it all's very successful. I'm sure it will be because, uh, I mean, it's been successful up to now anyway. So uh, no reason why, you know, it's, it's a good idea. And as you say, the Injured Jockeys Fund benefit as well if we have some winners. So yeah, excellent stuff. Keep it coming, mate. Yeah, we've got eight years of stats behind us. We had seven, well, we've got seven and a half years where we've been on the internet as a business, and we had six months where we was trading privately prior to going on the internet and opening the business up to a lot of users. So we know that we've got a seven hundred odd point profit in them eight years. So uh, hundred, well, near on eighty five points every year that we make. So it's a very good system that we use, what we do, and. Uh, as I say, we're putting our money where our mouth is by scrapping the membership fees and uh, giving it to everybody free of charge, basically, for a yeah. 5% commission on, on top of a winning. So uh, look forward and looking ahead, and uh, hopefully it'll all work out for everybody. Well, so, I sincerely uh, hope so. Good. Okay. So you've got a lucky 15. Get my teeth in. A lucky 15 for us this week. We have. At the moment, we can't get the bet placed because we're waiting for Skybet to price two of them up. But we'll go through the four selections that we've uh, made for everybody this week and the Indie Jockeys Fund bet will be. Starting at Haydock in the 220. And we like the chances here of a horse called Sophisticate. It's around about 11 to 1 with Skybet at the moment and they're paying six places on the race. Cam Hardy takes the ride for Jim Goldie. He's had 11 runs this season already, and he's only twice been outside of the first four in them races, and once it was fifth. So, obviously, having 11 runs, and it's been in the top five, ten times, I think six places each way with Sky Bet, he's got a very good chance of hitting the frame. Uh, it certainly looks like we've found a lot more form in its last couple of runs when they've stepped it up in distance. So... Uh, the last two runs, she dead-heated with a horse called Commander Hector, who went off a uh, very short price favourite next time out, but he disappointed. And then uh, won very, very easily at Musselburgh when stepped up a, a Genning trip. So uh, this is a step up in class and a little step up in trip again. And I think that the more she goes over in distance, the more she's going to unlock her potential. So... Uh, 11 to 1 looks to be a nice each way option there in the 220. Sophisticated. Okay, fine. The next one in Lucky 15 is also at Haydock in the 255, and it's a horse called Evaluation. Priced up round about 6 to 1 at the moment, five places on offer with Sky Bet. Jason Hart takes the ride for Keith Dalgleish. Now, those that follow racing will know Evaluation got beat in a photo finish at Sandown. Uh, in the Sunday series, it got beaten nose for a hundred thousand pound bonus uh, about two weeks ago, I think it was. And uh, the pair of them, uh, Duke of Verona, beat it uh, a nose in the race, and the two of them was clear of the third. Back in fifth that day was a horse called Gaggio with Gary Moores, and he came out of Goodwood last week, and he only got beat a short head in a race. So obviously the form stacks up very well. Uh, evaluation's got a three pound rise in the handicap for that second place effort but I think there's a lot more to come from evaluation still because they backed it off the boards that day and as I say it was only one horse now on the line and they was clear of the remainder of horses so uh, since leaving to Michael Stout's yard evaluation's run on the turf five times it's won four of them and got beaten nose in the other one so uh, certainly a horse in form who, who knows where the lollipop is at the end of the race so uh, evaluation in the Haydock 255 Okay, I must say I've never seen a horse eating a lollipop before, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Lollipops are winning line, so uh, that's what we, that's what its nickname is in the, in the racing terms. So uh -huh. there you go. Anyway, next one's over at Ascot in the 455. Now, this one's more of a plum in the dark because it's a trainer and uh, it's got good form. Either Secret's a horse. It's going to be around about 50. 14 to 1 to 16 to 1 sort of price. It's 16 to 1 with William Hill. Sky better pay an extra place on the race, so it'd be a touch shorter. Harry Davis is a £3 claimer. He takes a ride, and Gerard Butler's uh, trainer 
Now, it's not got a very good profile in its turf form. Zero wins from five runs. But it's very, very consistent on the all-weather. Now, the thing that took my eye is Gerard Butler's a very, very shrewd trainer, and he doesn't normally place horses in wrong races. So being placed on the turf, I think it's probably got a lot more to offer on turf than we've actually seen on its race course at the moment. So we're putting a bit of blind faith in confidence into either secret and Gerard Butler's placing of him and he's going to be a big price so uh, we shall see and he's also been dropped back from seven furlongs to six furlongs so there's quite a few things that the trainer's done in this race to get this horse on the card here which stick out like sore thumbs to people that read racing and read race forms so uh, we're going to give him an each way shout there so it's either secret in the Ascot 455. Okay fine. Now, the last one of the Lucky 15 runs at 11 race, and it's called Excel. It's about 8 to 1 at the moment with William Hills, but we're waiting for Skybet to price it up. Now, Dennis Hogan takes a ride for Ray Guest. Now, how this one's come to be in our eye line is we backed it at Windsor on Thursday night in the Racing League race. Now, I don't normally say how unlucky horses are in running once we've backed them at a big price because we always want to get on to them next time out as well but this fella was stuck to the field on the inside fence and couldn't get out and he he conceded first run to two other horses and he ended up finishing third beating the length but the jockey had acres of horse under him still and it's just a weird thing to happen and as I say he's got Dennis Hogan riding him this time and they get and I think he's going to work pretty well. Now, when you look back at Akil's form, he, he started life out as a Sheikh Hamden horse with uh, Shadwell stud, and they sold him after two runs and left him in Burroughs Yard. And it's only since they started stepping him up in grip that his true abilities noted. He's, he's very, very well-bred. He's out of Invincible Spirit and out of the Dubai there. So he's bred in the purple, and now he's getting mile four races. He's going to be a danger because that's what his breeding screams out. So Eklil in the first 5.11 is our last one of our lucky 15. Okay, Dave. Well, let's, uh, let's hope your new regime, as it were, is successful. And obviously that uh, we've got four winners there. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Start off with a, a lucky 15 coming up. Uh, yeah, it'd be very nice. So if any of the uh, listeners want to get involved or they want any more information, just go on to the harlequinracingtips.co.uk website and you can find a contact me button on there and you can just send me an email if you want to or whatever means you need to do to contact me. I'm not, not invisible on social media. I'm open on everything, so very easy to find. So uh, we're there and uh, we can answer any questions anyone's got. Uh, good luck to everyone at the weekend, and let's hope the Ninja Jockey Fund has a nice start with this one. Brilliant. OK, Dave, well, we'll catch up with you next week, and uh, let's hope it's a successful weekend for you. Well, that was Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing, and uh, looking forward to seeing the Ninja Jockey's Fund benefit from his new system. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to catch up with the cheeky chappy, Colin Brown, of course. Who else? Well, good morning, Colin. Nice sunny morning. Where are you off racing today, then, or are you having a day off today? No, I remember day off just doing a radio show, and um, yeah, Ascot's not the biggest meeting. I've got a million people going, so I normally would be Ascot. I'm their ambassador for uh, their betting um, brand, which is Bet with Ascot. But um, yeah, we're having an Ascot off, and then I'm there for the rest of the year, I say, uh, busy. So yeah, I don't have too many weekends where I'm off, but um, I'm off on. To Friday and Saturday, and then Sunday I'm at Fontwell, and then Monday I'm at Brighton. So, oh. yep, keeping busy. The gay That's capital great, of the great. world, eh? There you go. Ah, it's a great place. I love Brighton. Love it. Love Brighton. So, what have we got this week then? Where are we starting? Haydock? Well, we've, we've got some quite nice meetings. Yeah, we've got some good racing up at Haydock. Then I think we'll come down and have a look at the jumpers at Stratford. Then I think we'll get across to the edge of London and have a look at Kempton. Then we'll get back round, um, uh, round uh, towards the countryside a bit, if you like, going west and go to Ascot. Okay. So that to you? That's actually fine. Right. Let's start at Haydock, 115. There's a good race here. It's uh, the Ascendant Stakes, a listed race for two-year-olds. And there's a horse called Naval Power. It's going to go off like 
two to one on favourite. And he's a pretty nice horse. He's won at um, Leicester and Ascot. And yeah, he's pretty, pretty nice animal, trained by Appleby. But you know, I wish there was eight runners because I'm going to oppose him and go each way on number six, Seeking Gold. That's the 115 at Haydock. This horse, when he finished second first time out at Newbury, I put him in my he's a second horse called Chaldean that's come out and won. We tipped it, I think. It came out and won uh, the Acom Stakes at York the other day by half a length. Did it well. And this horse seeking gold, do you know, any of you listeners that follow racing a bit, and even if you don't, if you go racing, just watch them. When they go past the post, don't jump up and down. I've backed the winner or, you know, be a bit sad because you might not have backed the winner. Watch the horses finish. Because when horses come off the pace like seeking gold did, it was a little way back and then it finished well. But it took him about four furlongs to pull him up. And that, for me, is a big, big uh, plus. So when he ran the other day and he won, I had quite a good bet on him. Yarmouth, I think it was. He was about second favourite that day as well. And he won. And he is the one that could shake up naval power at Haydock in the 115. Seeking gold. 115 Haydock. Make sure this horse is uh, in your, uh, you know, in, in your predictor or whatever you call it. What do you call it? Selection. When you... So, yeah, you can you can save these horses now. Track the horse. That's what I do, is track him. Yeah. So um, that's the one to track, yeah. Right, Haydock Park, Adrian. Yeah. We'll move on through. There's a good superior mile race there. Frankie Vittori's up there. What he time is that? Re- uh, that is the second race, of course, at 1.45. I do beg your pardon. Um, and Frankie rides a horse here. There was second in Royal Ascot called Claymore, uh, to Claymore called Reach for the Moon, trained by Gosden's, owned by Her Majesty. And I think Reach for the Moon can win the 145 at Haydock Park. I'm going to put these two in a nice little double, I think. That's probably what I'm going to do. Some really good racing up at Haydock Park the weekend. Although, wouldn't be my luckiest track in the world and it wouldn't be my favorite track in the whole world as well now in our 220 there at haydock it's the fair handicap there's always ridden by frankie victoria trained by john uh, mrs john harrington there's one at galway the other day and before that one at kalani it's the horse that's just coming up through the ranks a bit he's by nathaniel out of the mare by master craftsman and um, he's called Irish Lullaby. And it's a, a filly, actually. It's a girl. Um, she's called Irish Lullaby. So that's 10 to 1 for the 2.20 at Haydock. And I reckon could just run a good each way uh, race here. You know, also, I think it's got a real good chance of running a, you know, a big race at a bit of a price. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Getting a bit of a price. Yeah, definitely. Um, right, and that, I am going to say, is my lot for uh, Haydock Park. And let's have a look at the jumpers, because very soon we'll be talking jumping, won't we? Yeah, it won't jump, be long Jumpers now. will be back. Well, you know, it uh, doesn't take long. And there's quite a good card at Stratford. They do a great job at Stratford, water in the track, and then end up with a two-runner race, the first race, <laughs> which is... A real good race as well. I don't know what will win it, to be honest. I wouldn't like to say it's six and two threes between both of them's chances. So then we'll move on to a seller. You don't get many sellers on the race courses now. I auction the odd seller, but you've got one here at Stratford um, on Saturday. And it's just a matter of having a horse that's probably gone out of love with it a little bit. But if it comes around here, it can get a bit of a jig on things it could go and um you know do it feeling his confidence again if you like and getting uh back in the winner's enclosure i think lime lighter will win the 224 at stratford that is the seller number one lime lighter to win the seller at stratford no right. fancy our friend um, milton harris has got a horse in that race i see you might fancy him do you fancy him no i'm just 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 mentioned it, that's all. 
I always sort of notice, mm-hmm. you know, when one of our trainers that comes on the show has got a horse. So, I just, yeah, no, no, I, I, uh, right. Well, if you don't fancy you, it, that's fine. You're just being observant, aren't you? That's the great <laughs> thing with you. Yeah, very observant man. Yeah. Um, there's there's a trainer down your way called Sid Hosey. Do you know him? No, I don't. Where's he based? He trains. He's based near Holwell, where I was born in Dorset. Now Mary will know Holwell. Because Mary and her lovely late husband, Ken, they used to live down near Holwell and um, King Stag, that area down in Dorset. And I've got to know Sid Hosey a little bit. Um, I don't know whether Mary knows the family or not, um, the Hosey family, because I think they are. They do come from um, that area. They're down where that Mr. Gib- Gillard is. Do you know what I mean? And his um, son rides. Um, so it's a bit of a racing area down there. So he's Sid, nice guy. He's got a horse called Harlem Sand, runs in the 259 at Stratford. I reckon that can win at Stratford. He trains, I say, he lives in Holwell. I've spoken to him about the old house that I used to live in there where Mary became my godmother, bless her, and did a great job in uh, bringing me up, I'd say, partly well, when my mum was working. I'll so be... how about that? How well have I turned out? Well, I don't know. That's open to debate, really. We'll, uh, we'll, 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 we'll see. I see Nick Schofield's riding it as well. Yeah, Nick rides it, yeah. And yeah. also, in the next race, it's got a horse that owns itself called Cool, cool Stock. And uh, that could run a good race. They say Sid Hosey, Sherborne, Dorset. But I suppose that just puts, like, a bigger hand on, on, on it, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's in the 334, number one, Cold Stock. At uh, the meeting uh, up there at um, Stratford upon Avon. Funny how you've got a couple of races there. We've only got two runners, and yeah. all of a sudden there's a load of runners um, in the other races there. Um, right, I haven't really got anything else up there at Southall, so I'm going to move across to a track that I used to love riding over jumps. Um, it's a great track, and it's called Kempton Park. Have you ever been there? Uh, Kempton Park. Is that where? Where is it? Where is Kempton Park? I think. I, no, I'm thinking of Sandown Park. It's no, Kempton I haven't. Park, isn't it? Yeah, no, I haven't been well, to Kempton Park. Haven't you? Well, I'm surprised. It's um, it's right opposite a place called Hurst Park. I suppose that's more your era, Hurst Park. Are you trying to suggest I'm old or something? <laughs> In your subtle <laughs> manner. I'm not trying to suggest. We know you are. Um, <laughs> so anyhow, that's... Up your kill. Hey, that's a bit rude on radio. Um, anyhow, Hampton Park is opposite Hurst Park. If it's on the way to Hampton Court, you've probably never been there either. Yeah, I have you been to Hampton Court. You. Yeah, I've been to Hampton Court. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have you? With your lovely wife, I suppose, taking her out for a nice day. Yeah, yeah. Hampton Court's the sort of place where you should sort of probably have been in the stocks over the years and getting a few rotten eggs and tomatoes thrown at you. Would that be right? Well, my mate Henry VIII used to live there, I think, if I'm right. So oh, right. yeah, you're like... Have yeah. you been married eight times? <laughs> no, I haven't, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. It's all right for Henry VIII. He's a, he's yeah. a wealthy man. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, anyhow, Kempton Park. Let's try and find our listeners a winner here at Kempton Park. It's some good old racing there. There's the London Mile Series handicap final worth a few quid. And it's um it's quite a it's quite a good little race. Um Michael Appleby's got runners in it. Clive Cox, you spoke to him earlier in the week, they yeah. tell me. Um and um and one or two other Rod Millman's got a runner in it. You probably know a bit about that too. So my friend of mine, Roger Kilby. Um, and it was a winner at Kempton Park in June, <clears throat> but I'm not sure it's quite good enough. I think the horse that can go close here is a horse called Cabinet Maker, and it's trained by uh, Charlie and Mark Johnson and ridden by Franny Norton. What good race are Franny. we in here, mate? Because you haven't, as usual, you haven't told me which race you're talking about. Oh, no. About. Oh, 240. 240, oh. I do beg your pardon. Nice of you to yeah. mention it. So, Oh, I know, 2.40 at Kempton Park on Saturday, cabinet maker number 14 is the one that I fancy. Right, OK. Onwards Sorry, and upwards. I apologise. OK, onwards and upwards. Here we go. We've got a great two-year-old race there. 
um, called the Serenia Estates, and we've got a few runners for it as well. It's quite a good little race. It's a pretty smart race, to be perfectly honest. And I think the Serenia Estates can go to a horse that hasn't had that much um, that much um, racing, um, and it's a horse that I think will run a big race here. It's number one. Flag flying. It won at Goodwood by four lengths. Uh, that was in June. Hasn't run since. It's very well bred. And I reckon that's the one. Flag flying in the 3.15 at Kempton Park on Saturday. Okay. Um, right. It's time to go to lovely Ascot. Great track, Ascot. Have you been to Ascot racing? Uh, no, I haven't. God, you must come racing. Yeah, I know. Like, well, when you when I you suppose. sort of struggle walking around, it's difficult to. Uh, it's easier to sit and watch it on the telly. Well, well, that's true. I suppose you you got bad knees, haven't you? Well, not just knees, legs. But there you go. We battle yeah. on. We battle on. I've got a walking stick now, oh. so that makes all the difference. Oh, that's yeah. good. As if I come across you on uh, next week when we meet up at Salisbury, uh, you know, if I get any stick from you, you you'll get a bit of stick back. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I won't get that close to you. Yeah. And um, I'll also make sure that uh, I'll also make sure that I um, yeah don't get within range. I might even nick your stick and take it in the waiting room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Right then. So, what what race are we in at Ascot then? I'd ask at the first race as a two-year-old race. I think it looks quite difficult. There's also in the race that I think might run quite well called Bridge, and that'll be quite a big price. Um, I suppose you, you're the sort of person that goes around at people's houses. Are you playing Bridge? No, I don't know. I couldn't play Bridge if you asked me to. I haven't got a clue how it goes. Oh, oh right. Okay, well, um, I think um, Gary Moore runs quite a nice horse there that won at 101 here, the OJ Lifestyle. And down the bottom, there's a horse called USS Constitution. That's in the two o'clock Alaska. But I think Bridge has got a little each way chance. I know Brian Mayne quite likes it. Hasn't won yet. It's had two runs. Got a little bit squeezed up last time out when it ran. But I think Bridge will go close. Uh, you know, could run a big race, be it an each way price at, um, at Asker. Now, Asker in the 235, there's a horse called Rose Prick, number five, which is uh, trained by... Ed Walker, ridden by Safi Osborne. I tipped it up the other day, won at, won at Newbury. I think it can probably win again. We've got a seven furlong handicap with a right few runners in as well. Um, Her Majesty the Queen has a runner in the race. That is at uh, 310 at Ascot. Her Majesty <coughs> the Queen runs the horse in the race called Tactical. Um, but it's, uh, it's a horse that's not too easy to win with. Has been running okay though. Not been very far by fresh last time out. Ran at the um, ran at the uh, big race, uh, the big um, Royal Ascot meeting was beaten two lengths by Inver Park but only finished six. Trained by Andrew Boarding and it's drawn 14 so it can go right down the middle and go right or left wherever the speed is. So I'm going to go tactical in the 310. I know her Majesty's favourite jockey is Ryan Moore. She loves him riding for him, and I reckon that will go close. Okay. Um, real good racing here, and you've got those uh, Appleby and Godolphin colours uh, in the Lavaza Lavaza Stakes, the Heritage Handicap at 3.45. I reckon it will go to one of the boys in blue, but they've got about five entries, so I'm not going to try and pick which one is going to win it. Um, the next race, though, I think there's a horse that can win it also in the blue colours that won at Yarmouth the other day after a long break. Uh, and that is called Beautiful Secret in the 420 at Ascot. It's trained by Bin Saror. Beautiful Secret, listeners, is the one that I like in that race. Um, some real good racing, I say, at Ascot tomorrow. And there's a horse in the 455 there called Popmaster. He's been pretty disappointing, but uh, he has um, come down a couple of pounds in the handicap. If he were back to his best, he wouldn't be too far away. And in fact, last year, off a 95 with Ryan Moore up, he won this race, the Fever Tree Handicap. 
And, I mean, they've been trying, obviously, to get him down the handicap a bit. He's still five pounds higher than last year, but he could just go and win the uh, five o'clock or the 4.55 race there at Ascot on Saturday. And that, listeners, is your lot. Have a great weekend. Thank you very much, Colin. Thank you very much indeed. So uh, we certainly will be having a good weekend, I hope. And uh, so long as Man oh, United okay. beat Arsenal, it'll be an even better weekend. So uh, there you go. Exactly. They need to, mind you. Didn't they get beaten about 10-0 the other day by Bournemouth or something? No, that was Liverpool beat Bournemouth 9-0. But uh, <laughs> actually, Man United beat Liverpool 2-1. So uh, that'll uh, shut you up for a minute or two, won't it? Hey? <laughs> <laughs> makes, makes a change. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, right. right. Okay, mate. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that. And um, we will thank no you. doubt be talking again next week if you uh, uh, condescend to, uh, you know, get on the end of the phone, which hopefully you will. I will do that. Right. I'll do that with pleasure. It's always good fun. Thank you. Have okay. a great weekend. Okay, mate. Thanks a lot. Well, that's it for another racing show. Uh, hopefully, you all have a good weekend's racing. And we'll be back next week. Same time, same station, and hopefully we'll have a, a few interesting interviews for you to listen to. So until then, thank you for listening, and join us again next week. Bye for now.